Welcome to the Base Path Podcast brought to you by New England Baseball Journal. The high school prep and college season in New England have all come to an end, and now it's time to talk to the people responsible for the most inspiring stories of the spring. Blair Bork is the head coach at Taunton High School, and he recently led his team to a Massachusetts Division I state championship. His team clinched the championship with a victory over top-seeded Franklin on Saturday night. The Hockamock rivals battled for the D1 state championship at the Lasher Park in Lowell. Coach Bork, thanks so much for joining the podcast by Zoom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I know you've, you had your ring fitting today. Uh, you're also doing some having ice cream with the, with the players. What have the last few days been like after winning a state championship? It's it's been a blast. Uh, a lot of support from the community. Uh, the players have really uh, been a, an integral part of uh, the youth programs, and it's really nice to see, you know, those teams and players come out and, and supporting us. And um, we're still in school, fortunately. And you know, the congratulations around the school and from faculty, me, faculty and players is is really nice to see and it's it's an honor to to be part of of uh, of a really good program with a lot of tradition yeah i I saw the softball team also won a state championship which is a rarity for a you know the the sweep for for one high school to get the boss baseball and softball state championships there must be a pretty good energy in the building for the last couple days of school yeah it's it's um you know we have a lot of fan support a lot of Fans went to both games. Uh, they played in Amherst, which we weren't able to go. We were practicing, and then I think they played at five thirty. So we were in, we weren't going to make it in time. Um, but a lot of a lot of the softball girls came to our game the next day. Uh, we took a couple pictures on the field, which was really cool. Um, but it's it's really exciting to have both teams. I mean, anytime you have a a team that makes it that far into the postseason is exciting, and then let alone to win you know, back-to-back days, you know, less than 24 hours apart. Um, very exciting and, and really happy for our AD who, you know, just keeps racking up the, the wins. Yeah, it was a really exciting game in Lowell the other night. Just to set the scene for people who um, are not familiar with or who, who maybe aren't familiar with the D1 championship game this year, it was you guys at, at Taunton versus Franklin, your Hockamock League rivals, and um, that's norm- not normally the way a state championship game works because before this year, you know, you'd do the sectional finals and then you'd, you'd have in the finals, you'd be facing a team from another region of Massachusetts. So to have two rivals like that, it was kind of a, a, a really nice scene. You had the parents on your, uh, the Franklin parents down the first baseline. You had the Taunton parents down the third baseline. And it was just a really good energy in the ballpark. What was it like to coach in that game? You know, we had uh, had our Hawk meeting, our baseball meeting at the end of our regular season. And, and uh, you know, I looked at Coach Brown and said it would be really, really nice to see you in a couple weeks. And meaning, you know, obviously we'd both be in the finals. And sure enough, we were on a collision course all year. And I think, um, you know, I, it's they're a phenomenal team, uh, great players, good fan base and phenomenal coaching. So, um, we both knew each other. There wasn't a whole lot of, you know, secrets or, or scouting. We both knew each other really well inside and out. We had already faced Jetty. He's a phenomenal pitcher earlier in the year. You know, it, it is different because we would have faced each other in the South sectional finals. That would have been two games prior. So, uh, the good thing about the tournament now is, yeah, you get to, to meet the two best teams versus, you know, potentially seeing one of those teams in the South sectional. So 
I think that benefits a lot of different teams because, um, you know, there is a lot of talent in this area, this region. So, you know, you want those two best teams facing each other in the finals. And I, I, I th- do think the seedings were pretty accurate. And I think, uh, you know, Franklin's a phenomenal team and it could have been, you know, two to one their side. Um, you know, if we face each other 10 times, I think we'd split right down the middle. So I think two really competitive teams and we battled it out and I think it was a very entertaining game and, you know, proud of our guys and how they competed. I'm proud of uh, Coach Brown's team and I wouldn't expect anything different from from his squad um, having faced them, you know, over the, the course of the last few years. Um, you know, it's it's something that we strive for. Those are the games you look forward to. You kind of circle on your calendar because Franklin is a perennial powerhouse and we know that going in and you're going to get their best stuff. So, um, you know, it's, that's why you play the game and, and it was really entertaining and, and fun to be part of. And obviously I'm happy that, you know, we were able to finish on top, but I was just as disappointed for him and his squad because I know how hard they work and, how much they love the game and, and what they bring to Massachusetts baseball, particularly in the Hawk. Yeah. So you didn't have a problem with Sometimes you hear from coaches that they don't want to play a league rival for a third time in the state tournament. They'd rather play anyone else, you know, just because that third rivalry game can be just a bear to kind of get through. Uh, but you, you wanted to see Franklin. Yes. Yeah. We, um, I mean, you know, it's kind of a, a double edge. You don't really want to see him because you know what they're going to bring to the table. But uh, we had split the regular season, so it was kind of the rubber match. And, um, you know, the competitive side of you, yes, if we're going to win it, you, you know, you want to play the best. And in order to be the best, you got to beat the best. And there's no doubt that Franklin was the best team. And um, we were happy to face them in the finals and, Again, I, I think if we played them, you know, 10 times, we would split right down the middle. And, um, you know, it was it was fun to play our coach in and just the environment, the 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 atmosphere playing at a, a stadium like that obviously is different than playing at our ballpark or their ballpark. And that neutral site uh, brings some special element to the table that, uh, you can't replicate anywhere else. And obviously on the biggest stage, um, you know, it was really fun, really cool. And hopefully we get to do it again. Yeah. The Hockamock league performed well, you know, not just in the D one tournament, D two, you know, there were teams making deep runs and, you know, all, all the different sectionals. Um, why do you think the Hockamock was so strong this year? Yeah, I think there were six teams in the final four. Yeah. And I think we're all battle tested. We, you know, it's a very competitive league. It's been that way for a long time. Um, I think it's arguably one of the best baseball leagues in the state. Um, you know, I, I, there's something to be said about just playing good competition all year. And, um, you know, hopefully we provide that for other teams and other teams definitely provide that for us. Um, it doesn't leave because the hockey is so big. It doesn't leave a lot of extra games. So we're only, um, able to play four outside of our hawk. but you know, it's not necessarily a problem because the hawk is really, really strong, you know, both divisions, whether you're division three, um, Foxborough went to the final four or division two with Mansfield and, and, um, KP. And then obviously Franklin being the powerhouse that they are, you know, it's, it's something that can 
can help you and, and give you an advantage in, in the postseason. Yeah, Franklin, uh, they started off the season 3-3. Three and three. Then they won 20 in a row to lead into that state championship game. And even, you know, when they're doing introductions before the game, guys are running out to the first baseline. You're like, man, they are just loaded with guys who are going to end up playing in college. It felt like they were the favorite going into the game. Uh, how did you handle, you know, I don't know if you if you played it up as as you guys being the underdog, but did you use that as motivation that, you know, a lot of people were thinking Franklin was a favorite? I, I don't think so. I mean, you know, my goal in our, our program philosophy is, is just being prepared, you know, whatever, whatever that means, you know, whether it's in the classroom or in life or on the field, just making sure you're prepared. And we, we knew what they were and, you know, we knew it was going to be a a close game. It was going to be a battle. It wasn't going to be easy. Uh, But we, I think, strive for that, that challenge. And we have a lot of competitors on the field and those guys aren't going to back down. They don't, you know, it doesn't matter if, if we're playing Franklin or, you know, a weaker team, we're going to go out there and we're going to compete. We're going to bust our butt. And I, I don't think we had to say anything, you know, everything um, that was being said was pretty obvious. You know, it was, it was two of the best teams in the state, you know, it was a great game and it came down to one swing of the bat, which, we kind of knew that might happen. And fortunately for us, we have, uh, you know, really good pitching and, and really clutch hitting and uh, really good defense. And, you know, I, I, I don't think it really changed anything that we were playing them. Uh, I think they really accepted that and wanted that challenge. Yeah. What was it? I've, I've talked to coaches after they won state championships by, you know, that were, seven one games or eight one games it wasn't as close and you know they'll start tearing up in that last half inning you know thinking about all the all the things the team has overcome to get there this was a tight game it was 2-1 um and the last half inning I would think was kind of hang on to your hat type of thing how did what was the last half inning like for you in the dugout we're still managing where we had two pitchers ready to go we had our shortstop Dawson Bryce who really hadn't pitched much for us all year, but has a, you know, a division one arm, you know, he's easily 90 plus with a good breaking ball. Um, and then we had Colin Botello who was ready to go. He's a senior. Uh, he's coming back from an injury, but he's high eighties, good slider. So we had guys ready to go. So I'm still managing. If a guy gets on, you know, anything can happen. So, you know, fortunately for Evan, you know, he was, he was coming really close to his pitch count. I think you finished the game at 112 and you're only allowed 115. So we were really, you know, focused on the hand that, that or, or, or the present. So um, it wasn't until the final out till uh, Braden Cali caught the ball that I was able to take a deep breath and, you know, relax and not have to worry about what I was going to do next. And that's kind of still processing right now. I think as a coach, you still, you're so used to next game, next pitch, next at bat, whatever it is. Um, I don't know that I've really, you know, accepted the fact that, that we won, but you know, it's pretty cool. I think uh, making sure that, you know, the guys are in the right spot, making sure uh, pitch count, this, that, the other thing um, it, it's, 
I mean, it's a great time. It's, it's a blast, but as a, as a coach with that much responsibility, um, it's tough to really accept until that final out is called. And yeah, maybe seven, one, it would be a little different, but a two to one game where they have such a, a potent offense. Um, I was not able to relax until, you know, maybe later on that night. Maybe yeah, tomorrow. Was, I, I don't know that I still have. To yeah, be honest with you. no, it was an intense game, that was, and the crowd was really getting into it. I thought, you know, late in the game, as it was such a a tight matchup. You could see Ryan McDougal. He's a Dayton commit from your team. He, I think he was the Hockamock MVP this year. Uh, he hit a home run. Um, it was basically the game winning home run. And you could just see there is like euphoria on his face as he's coming around the bases, he's celebrating in the dugout, and you could just see how much it meant to him. How important uh, was he to your team this year, and what is he like as a leader? Yeah, his, you know, he he's a phenomenal competitor, athlete, multi-sport athlete, um, unanimous MVP of the Hawk, which again, like I said, is is arguably the best baseball conference in in the uh in massachusetts um clutch all year great leader you know comes in when you need it to when when you need him to you know i think he hit 500 for the year um 600 in the postseason you know that huge rbi um or the huge uh home run to clinch the game against Franklin on an O2 pitch against a division one pitcher, um, you know, speaks volumes to his mental approach and, and what he brings to the table offensively. And, you know, he pitching wise too, he was, I think eight and one all season. Um, he, he's just a really great kid and a great competitor and really happy he's on our team. And Evan Callie was another uh, guy who stood out, obviously he pitched, a complete game. So, you, you know, you're going to notice that, but he's not a, he's not a big kid. He doesn't look like a, a D one pitcher. He's not throwing 90 out there, but he, he got it done against a really good Franklin lineup. He looked great uh, earlier in the tournament against Braintree too. Just a really clutch performances from him. Uh, what, what do you think gives him the confidence that he can go up and perform in a big spot like that? Uh, you know, he's a leader on our team. He, he's, he's a competitor as well. He had, um, I think 19 innings in the postseason, and I think he gave up two earned runs, uh, two walks. He was three and oh, um, just ridiculous numbers and just having him out there gives us a ton of confidence and his ability to, you know, limit damage, uh, get out of tough situations, which he did time and time again, especially against a, again, a really potent Franklin offense. Um, and, and going back a couple games against Braintree was ridiculous. You know, you're going up against another, you know, arguably the top pitcher in the state uh, with Braintree. And, you know, he throws a complete game shutout. So, um, you know, it speaks volumes to his work ethic, his competitiveness. Uh, and, and again, being able to shine when, when you need him. The Base Path Podcast will be back after these messages. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England baseball? New England Baseball Journal and BaseballJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England baseball scene. Have every issue of New England Baseball Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day 
with a digital subscription to BaseballJournal.com to receive baseball coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, Division One, Two, and Three colleges, showcases, rankings, and much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to BaseballJournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Baseball Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. This fall, Quincy College in Quincy, Massachusetts drops the puck on its first ever hockey season in the City of Presidents, just 10 minutes from Boston. The Granite, as they're known, will play in the CHF Collegiate Hockey Federation against Babson, Mass Maritime, Nichols, Sacred Heart, and D3 programs at UNH and Farmingdale State in New York. The Quincy College Granite will be well coached. Kyle Robertson has been coaching regional junior teams for 20 years, and over 100 of his players have gone on to NCAA programs. Kyle's assistant is Matt Gibbs who's been coaching at North Quincy High for 12 years and won three titles there. Three years ago, he was the MIAA Coach of the Year. And as far as the educational part, Quincy College has a lot to offer. 37 different two-year degrees, and it's super affordable. There's even a new four-year business management degree that costs much less than other four-year schools. Want to make some history in a first-year hockey program? Now's your chance. Get more info at quincycollege.edu forward slash hockey. Now, do you manage a game differently? Like, will you consider in a state championship game, hey, this is, there's a ton of pressure going on, right? And I can ask you about a specific, um, I wrote down a, a coaching decision that I wanted to ask you about. Um, in the last inning, seventh inning, you, let, you had a leadoff double from your catcher. And um, obviously, you know, hindsight 2020, when, it, when you took the catcher out to pinch run for him, I was like, yeah, you got to get the catcher off his feet. There's one more inning. It's late in the game. The, uh, the pinch runner ended up uh, kind of running into an out. It was a grounder back to third, and then he kind of got caught him in a rundown. And when that happened, I was thinking like, yeah, maybe in a state championship game, you know, when the pressure's so high, if you're pu- if taking somebody off the bench and putting them in, they're, they're going to have trouble adjusting to the speed of the game and the pressure. Is there any way that you would manage a game differently in a state championship game, just taking the pressure into account? Uh, yes. Yes and no. I mean, obviously, um, as the catcher, I'm not necessarily worried about his legs at that point. It's, it's more speed. You know, you're trying to get that runner over. There were no outs at the time. Kobe did a great job of getting a double in a big spot um, in a two-to-one ball game. So you get him on. We're just trying to move him over. You had a pass ball. So now you're at third base. Um, we tend to safety squeeze in that situation, and we were not safety squeezing. Um, 
and it was 100% my fault. I take all the blame. It was a pickoff move. It was a, again, Franklin's well-coached. They they had a game plan. He wasn't that far off the bag. It was just really a, a perfect time play um, where the pickoff came over to third. And by the time I realized it, if I was the runner, I'd be out too. So I, I take the blame for that. Uh, it was just a well-executed play. Um, unfortunately, you know, I, I, you know, poor, uh, Xavier was devastated. Um, but he's a sophomore. He's one of our fastest guys. I would have done the same thing again. I trust him in that spot. It, it's my fault, not his. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a, uh, a, a different factor when you look at the postseason versus a regular season with, you know, just your parents in the stands. I mean, you're on the biggest stage and, you want to perform really, really well, and, and there's no doubt that he wanted to, you know, score the run. He did a great job in the in the rundown too. It wasn't, you know, you just give up. You know, he competed till the last uh, last second where he got tagged out at home. But yeah, just uh, you know, mental mistake on my part. Um, you know, typically on a safety squeeze, you're going to try to get down the line as much as you can. They probably presumed that we were going to do that because it's typically what we do. Uh, but with no outs, I was trying to get the ball in the outfield and, and hopefully get a, a sack fly out of that. And if that didn't work, then the next batter, Evan, was going to try to lay down a bunt and try to score him. But uh, Sean Callie was swinging the bat really well. Uh, he actually got a double on, I think, the next pitch, which was even more frustrating. Um, and then another, you know, base running mistake where he got doubled up on a line drive. I think he got little anxious and tried to score. Um, but yeah, there, there are certain things. I mean, you typically say whoever, whichever team makes the least amount of mistakes is going to, you know, probably win the game. Um, I don't know if that was necessarily the case. And luckily for us, we still had, uh, Evan throwing and, um, was able to get a, a one, two, three inning. I think he only threw 25 pitches in the last three innings. So, you know, he was getting ahead in counts, uh, making him swing the bat. And then, um, you know, our defense held up and, and Dawson Bryce made at shortstop a couple plays that, you know, are, you know, major league esque. And I think uh, without him at short and, and him in that position and Evan on the mound, I mean, everything worked out. You know, we had a lot of plays that you could go back in, look at. And if that doesn't happen, you know, we probably don't win the game. If that doesn't happen, we probably don't win the game. So I'm proud of everybody, including guys that didn't even play because there's, there's a lot to be said about, you know, cheering and bringing energy to the table. And there's a couple of guys that, you know, never saw the field, but were instrumental in that win, just in, as far as bringing energy and, you know, making practice more competitive. Um, you know, we chose not to scrimmage. We had uh, 11 days off between the last regular season game and the first postseason game. And we collectively decided that we were going to inter-squad instead of reach out to other schools to, uh, you know, keep us fresh. And we did a little mini world series and without some of those guys, obviously bringing up some JV guys, uh, that hopefully, you know, with this experience are better in the future, but without those guys, um, in and out of practice every day, busting their butt, trying to make the, you know, the starters and the guys that are more role players better, you, you're, you're not in that spot. So, you know, one through 25, it, they just did a phenomenal job. I'm so proud of them. And really happy to to be the head coach of uh, a program like this. Yeah, and it, it, what was interesting, what I found really interesting too, is you know obviously Franklin's been 
on top for the last few years. Um, and you guys have won, you won a state championship in 2019. And it just, it, that was interesting to me because, you know, the two years in between, there's a pandemic. Uh, a lot of public school kids are leaving to go prep or private. Um, during that time, they're reclassifying or they're doing PG years and things like that. And your two, those two programs are able to sustain that success and just become perennial state championship contenders. How have you been able to uh, establish a program like that at a public school? Um, uh, I think a lot has to be said about the youth programs that we have in Taunton. You're very competitive, great coaching. The kids, you know, from an early age, you know, they, they play together. Um, you know, they have summer ball together. Uh, towards the high school, they start to branch out. And you have some great programs um, around the area that a lot of the kids kind of go and do their own thing based on their ability and, and obviously cost. But at the younger levels, the little leagues and the Babe Ruths and stuff, they do a great job with the kids. And I think development is really important. I mean, I'm, I'm not developing kids to that extent. I mean, I'm not making, you know, a, a 200 hitter into a 600 hitter overnight. I mean, that they got to come from somewhere. So parents and, and youth coaches do a great job and, and, they should really receive a lot of the credit because they're the ones that are putting in the work and driving them around. And I've got a couple kids myself and I know how difficult it can be. And, um, you know, they, they actually, you know, deserve the credit and, um, yeah, the pandemic, that's a different story. I don't want to talk about 2020 because the <laughs> team that we had in 2019, uh, we were losing two starting pitchers, two division one pitchers and one, one senior center fielder. Um, we were basically returning everybody and we were getting a junior from a Catholic school in town that was closing who was, you know, mid to high eighties. So, you know, you're replacing guys and, and those guys that had won it the year before were going to be a year older and it was going to be a really, really special year. And, you know, unfortunately, obviously COVID happened, but that, that was the year, not 2019, 2019 was kind of lightning in a bottle and, you know, a perfect uh, storm of, of talent and camaraderie and timely, you know, clutch bunts and stuff like that. But, yeah, and, you know, obviously last year, um, you know, we had some key injuries. We were still really, really good, and we competed and ran into a really good Zavarian team. Um, but, you know, Taunton has sustained, uh, you know, I, I think – the success because of youth programs and the collective whole of parents to look at the bigger picture and, you know, whether it's uh, lessons or, or throwing in the backyard or doing whatever they, they do a great job. And I'm, you know, obviously I might get some recognition, but they're the ones that really deserve the credit. Yeah. I was reading uh, one of your, the stories after you, after your championship. And it sounds like this year's team is the strength of this year's team is kind of your junior class too. And you're going to have, you know, McDougal's back next year. You're going to have a lot of your guys returning. What do you think next year? What are you expecting for next year's team? Um, You know, similar, you know, we, as a, as a program, we don't, we don't talk about winning. Um, In fact, I, I don't say it all year. We, we just pride ourselves on being prepared and making sure that you're ready to go. And yeah, next year's class, we have a lot of talent coming back. Um, you know, this was a year that I was a little like, yeah, we have a lot of offense. We're going to be really good defensively. Pitching is going to be iffy. And, you know, somebody always rises to the top, whether it's an Evan Cali 
or Colin Botello, you know, that somebody steps up and, and fills that void and, you know, they did a, a phenomenal job this year and, and next year, you know, we, we have the same thing where we're going to have some, some voids and kids will step in and, and hopefully pick up where the other guys left off. And again, not being afraid of your own success, making sure that, you know, we Taunton hasn't really been in this spot before, <clears throat> you know, when I was playing in Taunton high, it was more, you kind of find a way to lose, you know, somebody, you might have more talent, you might be better, but Taunton always had that kind of tradition of, you know, just kind of falling apart at the wrong time. And I think the players recently have broken that trend and, you know, they, they go in fearless and so proud of, of what they, they do day in and day out. And, um, you know, they do everything I ask them to do plus, you know, more and staying after and stuff like that. So next year will, will be another year. It's going to be an entirely different team. You're bringing back some, some core players, Dawson Bryce and Braden Sullivan and, and McDougal obviously lead that, um, but other guys are going to have to step up. You're not, you know, you're not going to be successful with three guys. So there's going to be a lot of components and moving parts that, you know, hopefully, you know, you, you, you pick up where, where you left off. But um, our goal is never to win a state championship. It's just, you know, be successful, whatever that is, you know, whether, you know, you, you, you become a starter, whether you're hitting 600 or 200, or you get that bunt down, or you can, fill in, you know, a relieving role or just being part of the program and making us better from the bench and bringing energy and enthusiasm to, to practices and games. And what are your guys, uh, like, how will you juggle now or what advice will you give your guys after, you know, you, you make a state championship run, that's a 25, 26 game season. Uh, guys, you know, the innings might be getting up there for some of the pitchers, but all these guys want to get looks in the summer. They, you know, that's when a lot of the recruiting happens from college coaches, what, what advice do you give your guys after a long season as they head into the summer? Just manage, um, you know, obviously position players go hit, hit as much as you can. Um, arms have been something that we, you know, we've, we've invested in J bands and we try to, you know, make sure the arms are healthy and strong. We long toss, we do all the little things that, um, need to do to, to have, the durability that I think you need. I mean, we, we do play a short season, but you go from this, you know, playing in March when it's 40 degrees, trying to manage arms then when everybody's arms are sore and tired and, and, um, to the summer where you, you feel great and you want to throw and you want to throw and you want to throw. And then all of a sudden, you know, an injury starts to creep up. So just making sure you're managing and, and stretching and warming up travel ball tends to, and, and Babe Ruth's tend to, um, uh, you know, you just show up and you start playing. So stressing, warm up properly, do the same things you've been doing, you know, making sure you're easing into your bullpens or, or your games. You'd hate to have a guy, you know, play all year, be really successful, and then go into the summer ball and all of a sudden, you know, inj- injury cramps up, uh, uh, creeps up. Yeah. But. The last question I wanted to ask you, um, I've been hearing from a lot of, you know, reporters, parents, players this year that there's more, you know, back and forth chirping, uh, between dugouts, between parents, between benches. And the one thing that struck me for two, you know, arch rivals, Franklin and Totten, uh, the other night in Lowell, it seemed to be a pretty respectful, 
um, back and forth. You know, there wasn't, and it could be the, that the field was separating, you know, the first baseline and the third baseline. But how do you uh, foster an environment where, you know, you're keeping it respectful and your, your guys aren't chirping at umpires or op- opposing players? Well, um, you know, I, I think making sure the, they respect the game first and foremost and making sure they respect obviously each other and and we have the utmost respect for Franklin and and I uh I think I tried to hug every kid because I feel like they're you know almost uh, a part of our team that's how often we see them and we know them so so well they're so familiar and a lot of them play with each other too um I love playing Franklin because of the fact that they are very respectful um you know there's never been an issue with Franklin um ever you know the players are phenomenal and they compete just like us and uh you know we we pride ourselves on on making sure we cheer for ourselves um there might be a little bit here and there but we try to nip that in the butt we have a lot of good leaders on the bench where if a kid does get a little carried away because obviously the adrenaline's flowing we try to squash that as quick as we can and um and that's pretty much everybody in the hawk you know we we do know each other pretty well and the coaches are all friendly and and we're all competitors uh but we understand it's just a game and and you know putting that into perspective and the you know there's there's the youth factor that you know we we want to make sure we set an example and and showcase what taunt baseball is all about and you know you're either with the program or you're not going to be part of the program and that's that's important to me and making sure we we have a you know, a respectful, um, environment and, and respecting the game is really important to me. And, um, you know, we have great, great people, great players, great families. So I, you know, I never have an issue and, and hopefully never will. Well, coach, it was great, uh, getting a chance to chat with you. I, I had such a great time of Saturday night watching your team play and compete yeah, it was an inspiring performance. So thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Blair Bork for joining us on Zoom. Rate, review, subscribe to the Base Path Podcast on your preferred platform. Thanks to our producer, Steve Safran. The Base Path Podcast is a Siemens Media production. <laughs>